We're talking about peace today. Um, we're continuing the look at the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we've been working through the book of Galatians, and we got to this part in, in chapter 5. Um, if you want to turn there, we'll read through it real quick again. Um, I'm going to read verses 22, and I'm actually probably going to go through 26 here today. But, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. How many people here have peace right now? You're, you're feeling pretty peaceful. All right. How many people? No way. It's just not there. I'll put, put my hand up on that too. There's things that are going on. And you don't feel at peace. I think that's that's generally pretty much a good question. Here's here's another question. How many people, when something comes up, you like conflict? You want to argue? Nick, better get that hand up. <laughs> now, how many people, when conflict comes up, you withdraw or you don't want to, and you do it passionately? Oh yeah. yeah. Again, see, it's a pretty it's pretty split. It's a pretty split thing. Those questions. You know, we're going to look at what, what actually is peace. How do we deal with conflict? Is peace just, hey, there's no conflict. What are we talking about here when we say the fruit of the Spirit is peace? Because, honestly, I, yeah, I don't feel like it all the time. There's times when I'm, yeah, I'm at peace. I bet uh, for some people certain activities make you feel much more peaceful than others. But is peace just a feeling? Just where you can you know, put stuff out? Is peace actually just another, another word for happiness? You feel good about your life so you feel happy? Is peace something else? Maybe all of this combined a little bit. What actually is peace? Is it something abstract? World peace. Is it just something about the lack of physical violence? Is it real and personal? as well as something that can encompass the entire world. That's what we're going to look at. So, one thing that's made clear, actually, in the Bible is that peace actually plays a major role, both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. In the New Testament, the word is irene, which is used 100 times. And it's used in everything, and I think it suggests it. Paul... And, and a lot of the other letter writers, it was a greeting and a conclusion. Grace and peace to you. Peace is used quite a bit. Why would they say that if it was this world peace thing? You know, that's maybe just out there, that we have to get everything right. It's also talked about as an internal state, like something within us. It is looked at quite often in times of nation states, particularly in the Old Testament, about peace. Um, in Latin, is Pax comes from that irene, which is, you know, Pax Romana and Pax Americana, if you heard that. And Pax Romana, which have actually been taking place during the time of the writing in the New Testament, that aspect. Was that actually peace? Is that the same peace that we read that God is calling us to? Or is it a world's peace? Is there a difference even when we say peace? Pose a lot of these questions because those of you that rose your hand earlier and say you're at peace, you get a get up here and now you get to tell us about peace. <laughs> no, just kidding. 
because I'm sure it's one of those concepts that's a lot deeper. Is peace something that's out there that we can't do anything about? Kind of like last week, um, talking about joy it's a, as a feeling, and man, sometimes you just don't feel like joy. What is, what is it with these fruit of the Spirit with, man, they're out there, they seem like great to say, but we don't experience a lot. What is, what's going on with this? How many people would like to have peace in their life? How many people wouldn't? That's what I thought. Not 50-50 on that question. How about today, and I'll put the bottom line up front, peace is something that you can take steps towards today to let take place in your heart. Let take place in your lives, in your relationships, in the world around us. It's something that you can act on and you can respond to, whether or not you're feeling it. So, I, I mentioned Irene, with the, which is where the word Irene, the, the name Irene comes from, but it means peace. That was the Greek word for peace, used a hundred times. You know, there's all this other stuff that comes in, stress and struggles and relationships in life. Irene is this aspect of coming back to a wholeness, that in the midst of all this stuff, you're whole, you're complete, you're Honestly, in a lack of conflict, in the sense of a conflict being actual action, um, fighting, maybe is a better word in our, in our times, you know, to put at it. Not a, not a lack of conflict as in, and that's one of the major points, not a lack of conflict as in everybody agrees on everything. That's not a state of peace. Um, irene, the Hebrew word, which gets translated irene, is shalom, which is a very popular word. Again, even Hebrews today, that's a greeting. And, 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 you know, salutation that they use, peace to you, shalom, a wholeness, a fullness. What's interesting is when I was doing this, and this actually took most of the time, you know, trying to look into this, there's actually, within this concept of the, of, of the words, it's different. It's different than Pax Romana. It's different than a worldly uh, military empirical piece. But it's also very relational, so it's not just a feeling. Peace actually insinuates restoring relationship. So a wholeness, a completeness, that's not just you. It's not you in isolation. It can't be you in isolation. But it's you and everything around you. Um, the world, the creation, the other relationships, God. That's peace. That's shalom. I mentioned, and what I would like to say is, like, it's not the absence of conflict. I mentioned it earlier, how many people like to fight, how many people withdraw from a fight. The people who want to withdraw, you're not any more peaceful than the people who are wanting to actually get in there and, and, and solve things. That's not what peace means. Peace is not being passive. Peace is a state of mind in the engagement with conflict. And I'm actually going to go, for those who know me and those who don't, I actually was in the Army for several years, got to do stuff, got to actually spend time in Iraq. Um, in conflict, a very real physical conflict. And I would like to use an illustration here to kind of show the difference. There's different types of, of military operations. There are combat operations. There are peacemaking operations. There are peacekeeping operations. And 
then there's more like information building and other stuff like that now that are that are a little bit different. But I would like to, in particular, talk about the difference between combat operations, peacemaking operations, and peacekeeping operations because I think this plays into starting to get, give us this idea of what does peace mean in our life. And we're going to start big and work down to to little because honestly, peace doesn't mean anything if it's just an abstract concept that's out there. It only means something if it takes root in our heart. It only takes root in our lives. That's where we're going to go. So combat operations, that's the traditional, think about World War II, that's combat operations. Think about a lot of the way things used to be, um, where you had, you know, you go back, you have one line of guys with swords here and one line of, you know, of swords here, and they go in and they crash. Well, the thing with combat operation is there's two opposing enemies, opposite goals, and the only way that you're going to win is to defeat the other person. Either completely eradicate them off the face of the planet or beat them down to a point where they surrender their goals and say, okay, you win. I give in to your goals. That's combat operations in a nutshell. That happens a lot of times when there's, you know, it's, it's always concerned. I'm not, a, I obviously I was in the Army. I'm not a pacifist. So peace and pacifism, I do want to, you know, it's, it's there. I, I would say I am a pacifist in the fact that we should try to, at all costs to not fight. You know, if you get to that, taking of life is horrible. And God, I think we really see that that's, that's something to take very, very seriously. It's for those cases when there's a Hitler. It's for those extreme cases when something evil is not going to come. And, and, and the, the consequences of the evil are going to be so much you can't do anything except step up and say, we have to remove this now. That's combat operations. There's times for it. It's not the ideal. Honestly, the human race, if we were in a constant state of combat, we would die off because how many young men, how many young people, how many innocent children and women and all this other stuff that happened would die off the face of the planet because of it. Think about how brutal war was. Think about how brutal war is. If we did that all the time, and we were looking over our shoulder all the time, and that is the constant state is my way or your way, I have to beat you and take you out, yeah, that's combat. It's an unfortunate reality sometimes. Peacemaking. Peacemaking is the second. Actually, I'll go with peacekeeping first. Peacekeeping is there's a conflict. We're keeping, we are literally keeping the peace. There is a peace. There's some tensions boiling. There might be some people, some demonstrations, some other things like that. But peacekeeping is completely nonviolent. There is no violence enabled in a peacekeeping force. Even if the military comes in there, the only way that you can shoot is somebody attacks you. Purely self-defense. That's peacekeeping. Because you're there to maintain the peace of what's going on in the situation. Uh, in fact, if you remember probably showing how old I was, if how many people remember like the conflict in Kosovo and you know Bosnia and Herzegovina and all that stuff. Those were a lot of, it was a range. There was both peacekeeping and peacemaking. It started off as peacekeeping. It deteriorated to where they actually had to go to the others and then it rebounded. But peacekeeping is, yeah, something's starting to come up. We need the UN, generally, that's where you see peacekeeping. You know, when the UN was doing peacekeeping in Somalia, you know, in Black Hawk Down and that movie and the other stuff. Peacekeeping is, we're trying to keep the peace here. We take no sides. We're a third party helping us. That's peacekeeping. Peacemaking. Peacemaking operations 
which are been, have been taking place more and more because traditional types of fighting are going by the wayside. You know, like when we think about wars, it's being more like what we saw in Iraq and the other stuff, which is uh, insurgency and there's other things. But peacemaking is this aspect of there is conflict. There are two sides. But resolution, they know they must come together to make peace. That there is some sort of good that comes together that we realize that we have to work towards this. Now, not everybody on both sides wants that. Some of them want to win. But generally the people, and, and generally there's certain aims that they know if you come in, and you, and you act, and as America, we do a lot of this right now. Like, in fact, a lot of what we hear about, like with Syria or with Egypt or some of the other unrest, would be kind of cons considered, if we actually got to doing operations, would be considered in this peacemaking. That there's some people who still want some sort of peace, but we're coming in to achieve those goals. And there might have to be some force, but we're working together towards a solution. Both sides have agreed at least a little bit, yeah, there's a common good here. There's an Egypt, there's a Syria that's worth fighting for. Um, peacemaking is what God says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And uh, that's in Matthew 5, you know, part of the Beatitudes. There's something about that actual aspect of peacemaking that is core to what this idea of peace is. Peace isn't the lack of conflict, it is engaging that. And now, that was big. Let's talk, let's talk personal. Let's talk little. Let's, you know, individual. You, you all had a week this week. You all interacted with coworkers, friends, families. How many people, you don't have to raise your hand for this one, had an argument? How many people did something that they, you know, got your heart rate elevated. <laughs> you know, somebody cut you off, maybe, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, of course, the closer the relationship, the more that you're with people, probably the more likely you are to have certain, certain conflicts, certain things that come up, certain annoyances or financial struggles, whatever it is. There's a cause for it, but it's personal. Peace is not saying, oh, yeah, our, you know, Amanda, who's not here, our our relationship's perfect. We never we never argue. That's yeah, we're we're perfectly people. That doesn't happen. If I thought that that was what the goal ultimately really is, is that somehow that Amanda and I become, I don't know, brainwashed so that we are just one person, you know that that would be something else. You know that's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about making everybody think the same things, believe the same things. She's her own person. I'm my own person. That in and of itself, leads to conflict. And you guys all know it, too. It doesn't have to be, you know, a spouse. It could be anybody. I mean, siblings do this all the time. My brother growing up, he knew how to push my buttons when nobody else did. Like, I may not get angry quickly, but my brother sure knew how to do it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, it was, just, it was just one of those things. I could be completely calm, and he could come up and say one sentence and I would go over there and have to throw him out of the room or something. You, you know what I mean? Like, just he just knew what to do. And we did a lot of combat back then. <laughs> so this idea of peacemaking, to bring that into this, this idea of peace, it's that we understand and we work through the conflict, not just have the conflict. So if we're thinking combat in the tense of combat, I'm going to win. 
I'm going to win this argument. I'm, I'm right. I'm not going to apologize. I am going to win this. It can be in a work relationship. It can be on, you know, ends for a business. It can be in very personal, you know, spouse or girlfriend, boyfriend. It can be, you know, parent, child. You know, there's all sorts of different ways that this can come through. And there's sometimes where you say, hey, you know, particularly parent, child. Yeah, I mean, parents sometimes, you know, so you're saying you're putting the line down my way. You're in my house. You know, there's, there's times for that. But the thing is, is you're discerning when it's time for that because it's not about, because what combat does is it destroys that relationship. If it's my way and I'm going to win, you're destroying that relationship. Or it's going to be a situation of abuse where you beat the other person down to the point where they no longer are themselves. They've lost their identity and now they are a dependent or something else to the, you know, in situations of abuse. And that can be physical abuse, emotional abuse, uh, any of those things. So that you're not letting that person actually be themselves. And Cindy can probably, you can talk to her afterwards with her degree. She can probably talk a lot more about, like, the nuances of that aspect of it. So we're not beating people down. Peacemaking, this idea of peace that we're coming to, is, guess what? You're in a relationship. Guess what? These are your brothers, your sisters. This is your family. These are your coworkers. Yeah, you still annoy me. Yeah, we're still arguing about this finances or we're arguing about, you know, this thing, but we're going to work together. Again, I mentioned earlier that peace actually has this connotation of restoration. We're going to restore this. We're going through conflict rather than fighting it or withdrawing from it. So those people who are a little more conflict-averse, that, and I, and I would be in that too, you know, especially growing up, I've learned the army actually did a really good job of teaching me how to you know just jump right in you know don't don't always back off but you know like i mean i would be more commit okay i pick my fights you know a lot of times i'm like okay that's not worth fighting about so that's the point the point is you're working towards something you're not working about beating somebody in a sense you're not working about winning you're working about working together towards a solution. And I think, if you think about it in this way, you can think about a lot of your relationships. A lot of, you know, maybe certain ones, uh, particularly think about relationships that you've had for a long time, whether it's family, you know, parents, uh, siblings, uh, could be a spouse, uh, could be a boyfriend or girlfriend or, or, or just somebody you've known a long time. And think about how you've worked together through different problems. Compare that with those people and those times, because I think we all can do this as well, when you've had a relationship when something goes wrong, I don't got anything for this, I'm out. And you cut it off, I don't got time for this. I think we've all done that too. We all are human, so we're not perfectly peaceful. And I'm not saying that we have to be in long relationships with everyone. But what I'm saying is we know the difference. Like, if we can really let that sink in, what are the relationships that you know mean so much to you that you're willing to put winning aside, maybe a little bit of compromise? Now, there's certain things that you might say, no, I'm not going to compromise on this. You know, obviously, like, if you're, you're in a relationship and there's, like, cheating or something like that going on, you're not going to compromise on, yeah, you can go do whatever you want with anybody else. No, that's not going to happen. Obviously, there's some standards that you bring into it. But when you have an attitude 
uh, which encompasses both the peace, uh, it's a feeling, but also this action, this thing of peace, is you're working through the problem. It's what counseling is about. Cindy wants to be a marriage and family therapist. She's going to be getting to engage quite a bit in that. Think about that. I mean, I've, I've contended for a long time to use another big concept. Republicans and Democrats right now, <laughs> they need marriage counseling. <laughs> I mean, seriously, with what we hear on the news, I, I sit there and I, if I sat down and I watched Fox News, or I sat down and I watched CNN, they're all awful. Um, but if, when I'm sitting there listening to it, the people who are talking, I'd be like, they need marriage counseling. They need a marriage counselor to come in here, sit them down with a person who disagrees and work through this stuff. And then maybe, maybe Congress might actually get something done for once. You know? You know? I mean, that, that, that's what we're looking at. But, you know, when we bring it to the little stuff, we can see how it works. The big stuff, yeah, they're arguing. We gotta, we gotta remember that. We gotta remember it's not about winning. It's about working together for, dare I say, the common good? Dare I say, the other fruit of the Spirit, perhaps? So when we think about peace, this idea of shalom or irene, it's something, and I've tried to mention it at the large level and the individual level. I truly believe it's something that starts uh, when it's, it starts internal. It starts with us going, oh, hold on a second. I have to actually turn inward to myself and recognize that maybe I'm not acting peacefully, I might be acting selfishly, I might be acting, you know, other things, or, you know, I might just be being stubborn and wanting to win a fight. I mean, I know that too. I mean, Nick and I, I think, argued for how long over the movie 300? A couple years ago? Yeah, in like an hour and a half. I think other people are like, why are they still talking about this? But, you know, it's like, uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes we just get stubborn. I'll admit, we're probably pretty stubborn in that. But we're still friends. And ultimately, we just agreed to disagree, right? No. And, <laughs> but, but the point is, that's the point, is that, okay, we're working through it. This piece is an inward turn to recognize that, no, something's more important than me winning. So it's an inward turn to recognize that, to let that happen. Uh, a lot of times you can see this vertical, like, okay, God, you have something else in store. And since I submit. Not I surrender, not like God, some abuse of God that's going to beat you down until you have lost your entire self. And so now all you got left is, you know, is that. But, but rather, that God is loving and God's pursuing us and God's a God of peace that calls us and calls us back to ourselves so that we can fully find ourselves in that relationship with Him. That's that inward turn so that then, and this is inherent in the word peace. It's not an either or. It's not just internal. Peace requires then, now you're in action. Now you're going to go out and, and, and extend that peace. Now you're suddenly going to be an agent of peace. In fact, we see Paul talking about the gospel as the gospel of peace, or the God of peace. The gospel, the good news, that's linking it directly to Jesus. It's coming back to that idea, that, that salutation, grace and peace. By the grace of God, we're all equal. By the grace of God, we can't earn our salvation. We can't earn our righteousness. By the grace of God, somehow we're all forgiven. Somehow we're all brought to the table before him equally. Peace is then that extension. Hey, I don't have to prove myself. 
I no longer have to prove myself. I no longer have to fight to say, this is who I am, because I found it in the grace of Christ. So that now peace is this extension. I am who I am. I no longer have to fight. I can work together through the conflict and those, those, those other relationships around me. It may seem to be kind of still abstract right now, but it's something that we can actively act upon. There's a component of this that we can control. The Spirit is moving. God is calling us. And if we submit, if we do that inward turn, and we just ask ourselves, okay, what is, how do we act in peace? How do I work towards a solution in this conflict? There are things that we can do. In fact, I think this is where happiness actually does come into play. Or gratitude. Thankfulness. Praise. Those are a few other words that I actually think play into this idea of peace. Because what do we do? When we know by the grace of God we are okay, our identity is solid, we don't have to win, we're thankful for that. Because, as Steve was even mentioning earlier, man, we messed some stuff up when he was up here talking about We're We're not good. There's times when I need to let other people love me. There's times when I do not act peacefully. There's times when I'm stubborn. There's times when, you know... I'm angry, so I just want to get mine. <laughs> there's, there's, there's all that. And it's like, okay, no. That reminder again, no. I am. I have value. Not for what I do, but who I am. The fact that I am. The fact that I am. And so peace is this thing. And it's weird. When I really was looking at and this is why actually it took so long. I'm like, wait a second. So peace, peace is mostly used as a noun, not a verb, in the Bible. There's a couple instances of it being a verb, but it's a, it's a noun. So it's a thing, but yet it's this weird thing that's not just a state. It's this projection. I mean, and that's what I was looking at. It's, it's this projection. The kingdom of God is breaking into the world. We, re, you know, we recited the Lord's Prayer. The kingdom of God's praying. We're asking for it to come. Christ has come. There's this aspect of God pursuing us. It's come. He's giving us peace. And, and this thing that peace is, is, is now... the. It, responding to it, and it's an acceptance and a projection. It's, it's kind of interesting. So now, we're extending the love of God to other people. We're extending grace to other people. We're extending that aspect of, hey, you're good for just who you are. It's very interesting, and that's wholeness. That's this completeness. That's this idea that creation is made the way it's meant to be. None of us are a mistake. None of us are worthless. None of us are so good, everybody else worthless. So, so peace is this thing. So what can we do about this? I'll admit, I raised my hand. I'm, I'm one of the people that right now, I, I don't necessarily feel a lot of peace in my life. Um, problems that are too big that I don't seem to be able to solve. Maybe it's a control thing. Maybe I you know, need to step back and give up more control. Uh, but how can we be more at peace? And I mentioned the other words, and I think it's important. Praise, happiness. Um, you can even bring in joy if you want. Um, but happiness, thankfulness, gratitude. These are things that when we recognize that we're accepted, we can be at peace. We're not trying to prove ourselves. And those things are things that we can do. There's actually a study and. and um, 
Chris, if you can get ready to show the other video. I want to show this video real quick. And we'll run a little bit over, but it's, it's, uh, it's important. So guess what? I'm putting you all on the spot. <laughs> We're going to do this. Not here today. Well, we are today. I'm gonna, there's pieces of paper up here, and I want to make sure everybody writes down the questions on this piece of paper and takes it with them. So uh, pass, this, pass the paper around. And if you have a pen, you can write the questions down. If you don't, there's pens in the back, and we can you know, do this. And, and while that's going around, and the reason we're going to do this is that sounds so simple. But did you see how, like, everybody at first was like, what? You're making me call somebody? You're making, when they actually got put on the spot, everybody was like, oh, this is how I feel. But then did you see the reactions of the people? And when we're talking about peace, I think that they were using happiness. It's there when we're grateful. It's there when we're thankful. It's there when we can praise the things that are actually positive in our life. And we can look towards how we can, you know, resolve these things. So, um, and don't have time, but if you want to see some other passages that show that this isn't just something that some study showed, but actually God talks about this as well. First Thessalonians 5, 12 through 28, which is a famous one that talks about, you know, rejoice always, pray continually, you know, a lot of some other stuff like that. So you're like, wait a second, how in the world do you pray continually? I think this is actually what it's talking about. And so go and read it in light of this. Like, oh, it's an orientation. Okay, if we, if we do this, we take some time and we actually force ourselves to do this. This is that turn inward, though, allowing it then to receive this and then project out, as I was talking about earlier. Just, I don't know, it just really moves me. And I think that it's something that I can't make any of you guys do this. Because I'm not going to lock the doors and... and you know, I do have, I guess, enough minutes. It's the weekend, right? So, yeah. But, uh, no, it's time. I know everybody's got to go eat. Um, but here's the questions. <laughs> and it's the question of that. Who is one of the most influential people in your life? Why? Pick somebody and answer that. Take the time and actually call them. Tell them this crazy guy at church made you do it. So you can, you know, kind of introduce it like the other side. I have to read this to you guys. You know, I'm sorry. You know, do that. Tell them Rob made you do it. They can, you know, come beat me up or something, you know, if they want to. But I challenge you to do this. Take the time. And the second question, and this is more for, I think, how we can bring this back a little bit wider is how has Emmaus Road and the people in this church been influential in your life? Why? So how has Emmaus Road and the people in this church been influential in your life? And why? And here is the challenge. Next week, there will be an open mic, whether or not they have thought about that or not. And I personally challenge you, let's have a run of people come up and actually read this off. Let's do it. Because there are things that Steve was talking about with our church that we're going through. And there's things that we're going through individually in our lives. 
And if there's something that we can be grateful for, and if there's a way that we can bring, you know, uh, gratitude and happiness and peace into an ever more abundant place here, why can't, why shouldn't we do something about it? So that's my challenge as, as we leave today. And so, um, if you just stand with me, I'd like to end with a blessing. It's going to be really simple and short. May grace and peace be with you this week. Thank you for being here. <laughs>